Wake up, West Georgia. It's time for the podcast powered by Coffee and Mountain Dew. The Morning Five with Bryce Sparling and Billy Lindahl. Good morning, West Georgia. Welcome into the Morning Five podcast. Today is Monday, September 12th. And as always, it's presented by the Parian Lawyers. Nobody wakes up thinking, man, I hope I hire a lawyer today. But hey, life happens. Don't call one of those big law firms with overused slogans and thousands of billboards. We have a top-notch law firm right here in West Georgia. The Parian Lawyers with offices in Carrollton and Bremen. Personal injury, workman's comp, and everything in between. Find them at callcadenow.com. That's C-A-L-L-C-A-D-E. N-O-W.com. Local lawyers, catchy slogans, a few billboards, big results. Billy, today is National Chocolate Milkshake Day. Can you Let's get down go. with a chocolate milkshake? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I could always get down with a chocolate milkshake. Oh, yeah. Those are no, so I, good. I've never had it, and I assume I already know the answer, but have you ever had a chocolate milkshake from Buttered Utter, and how is it? Oh, phenomenal. Honest, phenomenal. Just a regular chocolate milkshake at at Buttered Utter is absolutely phenomenal. You put a little bit of whipped cream on there and a cherry on top. Mm, yep, it's so good. It really who, is. Who doesn't love whipped cream? I mean, that is oh, whipped yeah. cream on top of anything whipped is amazing. <laughs> whipped cream. Do they have any like um, uh, like fancy chocolate flavors at Buttered Utter? I'm sure they do. I don't. I just don't. I don't know. If, I don't know of any um, off the top of my head. I'm, it's been a minute since I've been, honestly. But yeah, I think I'm sure they do. I, yeah, I thought they had like a like a chocolate mousse or I don't know something along something along the lines of, of that. I think I actually I think the the Turkish coffee has a little bit of coffee or a little bit of chocolate in it that uh, my wife and kids like to get. I think it's like Turkish coffee ice cream or something. I don't know. They get the fancy stuff. They're into ice cream. Yeah. Billy, this weekend not a great weekend for Atlanta sports. Uh, no. At least on the at least on the Braves and Falcons side. Uh, Braves lose the weekend series with the Marlins 2-1. to one. Uh, Game 1, we did win. Started off the weekend on a good foot. Game 1, Braves win 6-4. to four. Dansby and Grossman both had two RBIs apiece. Harrison Darno also added in an RBI apiece. Charlie Morton, six and a third innings, four earned runs and five Ks. It's sort of what you expect out of Morton, I think, at this point in the season. I, I think, you know, maybe those earned runs could, could tick down to three or maybe two if we want to get greedy. Uh, but six innings, four runs, and five Ks. That's just kind of what I expect out of Morton uh, every single outing now. Yeah, and I think Charlie Morton's starting to get into his groove here late in the season, um, which is okay. Um, and that that may be this is what Charlie is at this point. So, I mean, that's, that's what we're looking at. Uh, the fact that Grossman had a couple more RBIs, he had that two-run homer on Friday night, that was... It was a bomb, and it it looked great. So that's that's part of why we brought him in. So yeah, and you know, I'm sitting here thinking, is Morton going to make the rotation for the playoffs? Freed, Wright, Strider. Yeah, he'll make. He it. should make that fourth slot. You think? Yeah. Okay. Okay, yeah, because I was just thinking about it. Like he hasn't, he hasn't pitched bad, but he's not been consistently good. You know, he's just sort of been meh. And I, you know, I, I, th- I think that's fine. I think the Braves have other people that can pick him up. But 
yeah, it's just one of those things to keep your eye on uh, going down the road. Game two, Braves fall three to one. Uh, Olsen had the lone RBI free. Pitched pretty well. Six innings, two earned runs, and six Ks. Uh, not much more you can expect, honestly, out of Freed. He, he did. I'd like to see him go a little bit deeper in the game, but I think that's being greedy. Uh, he was already up, I believe, close to 90 pitches. So uh, the offense just wasn't there, man. I mean, we just we could not string together hits. We had three hits in the entire game. So uh, you can't ask for much more from the starting pitching or the bullpen. No, and the good... <sighs> We, we forget this. Like, you know, the Mariners have won like eight out of their last 10 going into our, our series. So they're hot. They're, they're really good club. They're, they're a playoff team. Um, you know, it's, it's exactly what you kind of expected. We're going to run into series like this. And unfortunately we did, you know, we lost two out of three. It is sort of this. And I mean, I, I, the, I'm, I'm looking back. The Mariners haven't lost a series uh, since August when they dropped a series to Oakland. So, uh, yeah, I mean, they're they're a hot team. They're they're a good team. They're going to make the playoffs, like you said. Uh, and unfortunately, we dropped game three uh, as well. Um, eight to seven. We fell in the ninth inning. Don't Harris, even get me started. Uh, yeah, I, I, I watched the recap of this game. I didn't watch it live. Um Harris had four RBIs, Grossman two RBIs, Riley with an RBI, Odorizzi three and two-thirds innings pitched. I, I seriously don't know why he's still out there. Honestly, I think the Odorizzi experiment should probably be over um, and give that starting rotation to somebody else. Uh, gives a four RB, for, four earned runs, three Ks, Jansen seventh blown save on the season. Uh, for me, uh, I'm giving the ball to Jansen in the seventh or eighth inning. A non-like crazy situations like if we're up by five runs let's give it to Jansen let's get, let him get the hold and then let Rysel Iglesias take it or you know somebody else that has had success because right now I'm I do not feel confident with Jansen right now the Braves were down by good lord five uh, six five, no we scored five runs in the in the ninth to take the lead we were we scored five freaking runs in the ninth to take the lead, and man, we somehow blow that game. I just, oh god, it's irritating. And that's that's Jansen's seventh blown save of the season, his second just in the month of September, and we're only twelve days into September. Uh, he has a six-two-three ERA right now in the month of September, uh, and is yeah, has given up three earned runs and four and a third innings pitched. So not what you want to see out of somebody who was signed to be your ace closer. Uh, he still does lead the majors. He's tied for the majors for the most saves at 33. Uh, but the 6-2-3 ERA in the month of September is not good. And, and the ERA has sort of climbed since the, since the end of August. August, he had a 2-7 ERA, which is where you want to see your closer at. Uh, September, or excuse me, uh, July, he had a 2-7. August went up to a 4-8, and now in September he is at a 6-2-3 ERA. Not what you want to see out of – how much are we paying him? Too much to be blowing that many saves. 17 mil, I think. So we're Jeez. Yeah, not uh, not what you want to see out of Kenley Jansen. Braves are now a game and a half back of the New York Metropolitans, and our good friend Kyle Sandy was talking trash on Twitter last night. <laughs> of course he was. So uh, that'll, that'll, that'll come back around when we win the division, so – just you'll rue the day, Kyle. 
Let's hope. Let's hope. <laughs> Billy, how'd the Falcons do this weekend? Uh, pretty decently, to be honest. Look, I I'm going gonna, gonna to back you a thousand percent in that comment, man. I'm, a thousand percent I'm going to back you. I fully expected this game to be over by halftime. I'm not going to even lie. And it, it almost seemed like it was. But for the Falcons, which was so strange. Um, the Falcons, you know, they lost 27-26 to the Saints. And in typical Falcons fashion, this is typically what happens. Um, let's look at the good, the bad, and the ugly, Bryce. Uh, the good, the Falcons' offense looked looked okay. It was fine. Patterson picked up where he left off last season, and, and Drake London looks to be a uh, he's he's going to be a stud. He's a dude. He's he's definitely a dude. Um, I'll be interested to see what his longevity is. It's a long NFL season, so around week weeks like 14, 15, 16, I'll be interested to see where he's at. But, you know, halfway through the season, I think Drake London is, is still going to be an absolute dude for the Falcons. Uh, Mariota stayed clean-ish most of the night and uh, kept his wheels turning and kept plays alive. Uh, so having a mobile quarterback is exactly what we kind of talked about. You know, they, this having that crap line, having a mobile quarterback around that crap line might help considering he might be able to get around when Matt, like as opposed to what Matt Ryan was doing last year. And honestly, if Marcus Mariota plays last night like he does, if, if he plays the rest of the season like he did yesterday, uh, we might not see Desmond Ritter at all because Mariota looked he looked pretty good. You know, I mean, he didn't he didn't win the game for the Falcons. I, I don't think he lost the game either, but he looked like a very serviceable quarterback. I was pleasantly surprised watching Mariota yesterday. Uh, the pressure on on James Winston in the first half from the defense was night and day different from last season, and. You know, our, our good friend, front office Lowe's, was saying, look, you know, the talent may not be there, but it's not a, it's like, the coaching is. And that's that's a big portion of it. And I think that's that's why uh, we got so much pressure on on the Saints last night. Yeah, I, I don't know if I agree that the talent's not there because it's the NFL. The talent is everywhere. Um, but, yeah, the scheme was good. They did a great job of drawing it up. I, I don't know how that offensive line is supposed to be for the Saints. I, I, I just don't know the Saints that intimately. Um, but, yeah, if you watched a couple games last year for the Falcons and you watched the Saints game yesterday for the Falcons, it was it didn't look like the same defense. I mean, I think they're on pace right now to have like 160 team sacks uh, on the season. So uh, I think that trend's going to continue. I think they're going to get probably north of 150 team sacks this year. Well, we had, uh, what, 28 sacks last year no so, i mean no no no, no, no. It, was, it was less than that eight, it was 18 yeah i don't i was about to say i don't, I don't think they hit 20 <laughs> eight, 18 team sacks i know we had what four or five uh yesterday um i can tell you real, real quick i and the sacks in the first half i don't know what the sack numbers were in the first half um but i can tell you they were probably under inflated because of the amount of pressures that the Falcons defense had. Uh, so they had, so Atlanta had four sacks last night and, or yesterday. When you look at that on the surface, you think, okay, that's fine. But when you see where the Falcons were last year, you see where they're at now with the four sacks and then go look, I wish I could find a stat that showed the amount of quarterback pressures they had in the first half, because I feel like every single time Mariota dropped back in the first half, there was one or two Falcons defenders right in his face. Maybe not getting the sack, but putting pressure on, uh, putting pressure on Jameis Winston and affecting the play. I'm sure you can find that on Football Outsiders at some place. 
I gotta go sleuth around PFF today. All right, uh, let's get to the bad. The you know the bad. The season started out with a loss in a game that was very easily winnable um, against your rivals. That might not be not, that might not happen for the Falcons for the rest of the of the season. Here's the ugly: the Falcons allowed 17 points in the fourth quarter, and and man, I don't know if Jameis Winston missed a single pass, which means that the defense was playing way too much. Saints scoring drives uh, in the fourth quarter were four plays, 75 yards in a tud, eight plays, 86 yards in a tud, and then five plays, 47 yards in the game-winning field goal. It The defense just was gassed at that point, where they were just done. And unfortunately for the Falcons, it's, they couldn't just keep the offense on the, on the field. Yeah, I don't know if it was a rotational thing or the lack of depth with the Falcons or the lack of talented depth with the Falcons, but the fourth quarter, man, was was ugly. And, I, I mean, I had, I had Falcons fans texting me, oh, we're going to lose this, we're going to lose this, when they were up like 23, 23, 26 to 26-13. Uh, and, and they were right, man. The, the fourth quarter collapse just kind of destroyed everything. I mean, up until that. They looked good on offense and defense. Young Way Koo uh, hit some great field goals, and it just sort of collapsed in the fourth quarter, and they lose by one point in a game that the Saints should have never been in. That first half from the Saints was one of the most miserable first halves I think I've seen from a team uh, until the 8 o'clock game last night. But, uh, yeah, yeah, they, they kind of collapsed there in the fourth quarter, let the Saints come back, and Falcons kind of do what the Falcons kind of do. Bryce, we found the new number one team in the nation. Uh, deservedly so, too. Um, there's there's no reason UGA shouldn't be number one. They go and beat Stanford 33, or excuse me, not Stanford, Samford 33 to nothing. UGA is the number one team in the country. Uh, Stetson Bennett went for over 300 yards on Saturday with a tud. The amount of weapons that Georgia has at the receiving core and at the tight end, it's just nuts, man. It's, it's absolutely absurd. How many weapons that Stetson Bennett had? He's a he's a fantastic quarterback, and he's throwing to some of the most talented wide receivers and tight ends in the entire country. Uh, the defense, they're just fantastic, man. I'm not sure if they're going to be as good as last year's defense, but they're not going to be far off, in my opinion. Uh, so, I mean, honestly, there's there's not much else to say about Georgia yesterday uh, on Saturday other than they're the best team in the nation, and they showed it once again. And I'm trying to figure out. Who's, who's Georgia's next big test? Do you remember? I think they have another. Uh, they're at South Carolina this week, which uh, that should be a roll. Um, home versus Kent State at Missouri. I, I would think the home game versus Auburn on October 8th might be their next tough task because I don't, I don't see South Carolina or Missouri giving Georgia absolutely any trouble right now. No, I don't. Georgia's going to be favored in every single game the rest of the way. I mean, the only games I could, I, I thought Florida was going to be good. We kind of saw that regress this weekend. Tennessee, uh, maybe, but Georgia's got them at home. Maybe the next to last game at Kentucky might be something. Will Levis maybe has something cooking for Georgia. But uh, honestly, right now, if, if you gave me $100 to put on a national champion, it's going on Georgia. All right, Bryce, you ready to get to the brain test scoreboard? Yeah, let's hit it up. All right. Uh, on Friday in football, Bowden beat Tattnall Square 48-35. You were able to go and watch this game. This was delayed an hour for freaking <laughs> lights, man. I'm just, what the hell? 
Uh, week one, we get a lightning delay for Bowden. And week four, we get a light delay. Lights go out at Tattnall Square. Just one bank of lights went out. But yeah, an hour delay, man. It was a it was a long, long night down in Macon and even a longer Saturday until he get home around 2 p.m. and took a nap. Uh, Bowden has scored Tattnall Square 20-7 to after halftime. McNeil rushed for 200, or, yeah, 201 yards and three touchdowns and passed for 130 yards and a touchdown. TJ Harbison rushed for another 103 yards and a touchdown. It's that's exactly what you wanted. So I mean, and you know, Bowden beats a good a good Tattnall Square team, number one ranked in the state Tattnall Square team for their you know private division whatever they're in. Uh, Tattnall Square was ranked what? For Gisa. Yeah, yeah, Gisa. When people were saying that, I thought. I thought the geese were Tattnall Square's mascot before I went down there. I was like, what is a geese? Are they the Tattnall Square geese? What an odd mascot. So, yeah, number one in the state for their uh, classification. Bowden went down there and took care of business. Uh, Carrollton beat Villarica 52 to nothing. It was ugly quickly. Uh, Jamin Evans rushed for 109 yards and a touchdown on 11 carries. Julian Lewis, 13 of 20 passing for 240 yards and three touchdowns. Two to to Takari Lipscomb, who had 105 yards receiving. Carrollton held Villarica to 135 total yards on the night. Whew. Bryce, I'll, I'll tell you this. It was my first time seeing Juju Lewis live. He is, he is as advertised, dude. Lived up he's, to the billing, you say? He's legit. Well, I remember our good friend Nick White saying before the season started that Carrollton's defense was going to be sort of the thing that they hung their hat on this year, that that defense was going to be, uh, you know, much, much better than last year's and probably the best part of Carrollton. And so far through the season, man, he, he wasn't lying. I know the offense is impressive with uh, Juju Lewis and putting up 52 against Villarica, but the defense of Carrollton holding Villarica to only 135 total yards, that's absolutely insanely impressive. Central B McIntosh, 61 to 40 on Friday. Jonas Walton, the freshman. The freshman. Bryce, the freshman. 300, over 300 rushing yards. And I'll get a final total from, I wonder if they put it in max preps yet. Over 300 yards rushing and six touchdowns on the uh, night. You know, let me look and confirm. Yeah, those are good numbers. Yeah, just confirmed. Good numbers, especially from a freshman. That's, um, Lord. That's that's disgusting, dude. That's disgusting. I mean, that's disgusting numbers for anybody, much less a, a freshman, you know? Um, I, I just – I mean, they had 574 total yards of offense, 404, uh, 443 yards – excuse me, 443 yards of rushing. 443 of rushing. And how much did Jonas have? That's what I'm trying to see. I don't see Jonas's uh, stats here. Um, but I can tell you that he is averaging 213 yards rushing per game. Good God. <laughs> guys. That's absurd, man. Uh, Mary Persons beat Harrison County 38 to 17. Callaway beat Hare County 21 to 7 in the Pulpit Classic. Lumpkin County beat Temple 27 to 20. And I cannot wait to talk with Corey Nix later this week. Um, in softball, we don't have any uh, scores or updates from the Trojan Slam this weekend. But uh, in the volleyball, Central Beat, Troop County, South, South Paulding, Oak Mountain, Villarica, and Bremen. 
and won the Rock, Paper, Scissors um, championship in volleyball. Heard County lost to Heritage, Villarica, and Oak Mountain. Temple lost to Heritage and Oak Mountain. And Villarica beat Heard County, then lost to Central. On the Stumpet Games and Events calendar for tonight, we get some softball. Hiram at Temple at 5.30. Mount Zion at Douglas County at 5.30. And then Villarica at Cartersville at 6.30. And I believe over the weekend, Billy, that that East Carroll, that Trojan Slam, I think it all got rained out. Um, I know it did on Friday, and then I know it did on Saturday. So I don't know if they moved anything to Sunday or if they just called it all a loss. But I know there was a... uh, there was rain in the area essentially all weekend long. So I know Friday and Saturday were a washout, and I assume yesterday was as well. Yeah, it was it was a rough, rough weekend for everybody. I mean, we almost got washed out on, on Saturday. So, I mean, it, not today. Uh, it, looks, I it looks good today. It looks good today. We got clear weather. Uh, it's not going to be very warm, but we do. It doesn't look like we're going to get any more rain in the area. Thank goodness. Hey, you ready for another cup of coffee this morning, man? Jonas Walton, 295 yards uh, rushing, six touchdowns. That's his total. Devin Powell Powell had over 100 yards rushing as well and 154 yards passing. Good God. (laughs) That is crazy, man. That is some some impressive stats right there. Uh, Another cup of coffee brought to you by realtor Hannah Strawn with Robert Goolsby Real Estate Group. Billy Nebraska Cornhuskers fire coach Scott Frost after starting the season one and two and losing to Georgia Southern Saturday night. Surprised or not surprised? Not surprised at all. When you <laughs> lose the way that you have the first two weekends of the year, yeah, bye. Deuces. I'll say I'm surprised because if they would have waited three weeks, now Nebraska would have been one and five, but if they would have waited three weeks, Scott Frost's buyout, it halves itself. So it goes from $15 million, which they had to pay him to buy out, to $7.5 million. So I'm sort of surprised they didn't wait until they were 1-5 and five to do it. But I understand. I mean, he, he deserved to be gone. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers believe TJ Watt has suffered a torn pectoral as he and Najee Harris leave overtime win against the Cincinnati Bengals with injuries. A torn pec, man, that's that's like season ending, right? I would think. I mean, yes. Torn pec, that, yes. That takes forever to come back from. Yeah, it's that's something you – it. It's not easy to come back from at all. Yeah, that's that sucks for for TJ Watt and the, and any NFL fans. I mean, TJ Watt is one of those those people that you you turn on the TV to watch, and uh, the fact that he's out sucks. Yeah, at a thousand percent. I love watching TJ Watt. So, <sighs> yeah, seeing him out. I wonder if he's going to have the sort of the same injury woes that his brothers did. Unfortunately. Uh, Texas quarterback Quinn Ewers set to miss four to six weeks after an MRI shows that the SC has been sprained. He looked good against Bama, man. I mean, Bama squeaking out a one-point victory. Wait, 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 wait. He did not look good against Alabama. He got knocked out in, like, the first series. So, no, it wasn't him that looked good. It was the other quarterback, the backup quarterback for uh, Texas that looked good. He He got knocked out first series. For, for uh, Quinn Ewers did? Yeah. Hey, I mean, went 9 for 12 with 140, 134 yards against Alabama. That would have been like in the first couple. It, it was either first or second series. Like, yeah, it, was, it was early in the game. Yeah. Yeah. 134 yards against Alabama's defense, and you only played maybe half a quarter. That, that's pretty dang good. Yeah. I'll take it, though. Yeah. 
but yeah, Har uh, Hudson Card, I believe their backup got hurt too in this game. Here's I the great thing, and 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 we'll talk about this a little bit more here on on another cup. But there's a reason I love college football, and this weekend was it. Like I I was driving my son crazy because I was bouncing back and forth between games on Saturday, and I'm like. God, I love college football, man. <laughs> yeah, college football and the NFL this weekend were absolutely undefeated. Fantastic games everywhere you looked. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott <laughs> is going to have to have hand surgery on his right thumb uh, and he's expected to miss six to eight weeks. So an offense that was bad last night goes to worse with Cooper Rush probably taking over quarterback duties for the better part of a month and a half. That, uh, that team... That offense looked terrible last night with Dak, so they're not looking any better without Dak, unfortunately. Uh, so, yeah, like you said, in college football this weekend, number six, Texas A&M falls to unranked App State. Number eight, Notre Dame falls to unranked Marshall. Number 19, Wisconsin falls to unranked Washington State. And number nine, Baylor falls to number 21, BYU, in double overtime. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was fantastic. Notre Dame fell completely out of the, the polls. Yeah, that, deservedly so. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> Just deservedly so. Uh, and we'll do we'll do our higher or lower on the AP and coaches poll coming up uh, some point this week. And then you know, kind of riding the coattails of the NCAA, I want to say like almost every single game, but maybe four in the NFL this weekend were one score games. Even one of the games even ended in a tie. Um, so fantastic uh, kickoff weekend for the NFL. And another great weekend for college football, for entertaining football. Uh, and then Will Power wins the NTT Indy, uh, IndyCar Championship at Laguna Seca. Comes in third at Laguna Seca and wins the championship. Becomes a, another multiple uh, championship winner. Will Power's second time winning the NTT IndyCar Championship. And we'll break that down a little bit more on Track Talk. I think we're recording tonight. Got to text Matt Ridgway. We were texting all last night. Uh, and I was given a hard time about how bad the Cowboys were going to beat the Bucks until about midway through the second quarter when I turned the game off because it was horrendously boring. It was awful. Uh, some of the worst football some of the worst football I saw all week was played last night. It was terrible. And then today in 1976, the Seattle Seahawks play their first regular season game and lose 30-24 to to the St. Louis Rams. So I've, I've got a question. And this yeah. is this is going to be, uh, and I I think I know the answer to this question because I know you. Uh, Monday Night Football is an institution, right? Right. Okay. It it, ha it has been for years. It's just one of those must watch TV things, right? Yeah. Right. Are you tuning in tonight? I, I know you are, but are are you tuning in tonight and actually going to pay attention because they've got Troy and Buck. Troy and Joe Buck on the uh, call for the first time ever tonight for Denver and Seattle. Are you I, like, I know you're not pumped about that, but like I am, I'm, I'm interested to hear how they call a game for ESPN as opposed to Fox and how, it, how different it's going to be. So yes, I'm tuning in uh, because I love football and it's Monday night football. Russ is playing the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, I mean, that in and of itself right there is the story that I'm excited to see. Russ going back to Seattle where he won a Super Bowl. Um, I'll probably watch it either 
on mute or very low down. I don't I don't like announcers, man. I don't like TV announcers. I don't like listening to them. I don't want their opinion on a game that I know pretty well. Um, the only I'll tell you this: the only announcers that I listen to and that I care about their opinion on NFL football is Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit. I'll listen to the Thursday night broadcast because I think they're intelligent people. Um, but no, I will not be listening to Joe Buck. It'll either be on mute or very low down. But I will be watching the game to see what Russ does in his return to Seattle. And I'm sort of interested to see what Seattle does at the quarterback position because it is probably the worst in the entire NFL. Oh, by the way, another topic real quick. And I've got to throw this in there. And this wasn't brought up. Pat McAfee absolutely killed it on college game day on Saturday. So good, dude. Oh, my God. He was so good. Absolutely so I didn't get to watch him live. I, oh I got to God. I got to listen to the last about thirty or forty five minutes on the radio when we were driving out the Boundary Waters for baseball. Um, so I, I watched the highlights uh, last night, but I did get to listen to like the last 30, 45 minutes. That guy adds such a unique and amazing dynamic to College Game Day. I mean, everything he does turns to gold. I just hope he doesn't get burnt out too quickly. Um, and some of this stuff kind of goes by the wayside. But, yeah, great move. Great move by College Game Day. Great move by Pat McAfee. Um, you know, it's something that I didn't think College Game Day needed to really add anything or do anything to make it better. And they did something, and I didn't know how much better it was going to be. And it was just, I mean, it blew the doors off of my expectations. Pat McAfee show should be in the Thunderdome today. Let's go, Thunderdome. I'm excited to see uh, what it looks like, what they're doing in there, if there's anything there's anything different i'm also excited to see how they're you know they have their own little fantasy football league going on in the pat mcafee world so i'm excited to see what uh how their how their fantasy football teams did this weekend right you got anything else today man no that's it for me all right for billy Lindall, i am bryce sparling let's get out of here and start our week off on the right foot we will see y'all tomorrow same time same place shake your neighbors just shake them shake your neighbors